0: You know, when you start adding everything up, it's a challenge. And, you know, 71 years later, you know, the theater still exists, which I'm really happy about. Hi, I'm Jordan Syme from the
1: Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. This podcast has been underwritten by the following supporters. William Ravis, the official real estate office of the Arts Foundation. The Cape Cod Foundation. Mass Hire. The Cooperative Bank of Cape Cod the Melody Tent, and the John K. and Thurza F. Davenport Foundation.
2: Welcome to the Creative Exchange Podcast. I'm Julie Wake, the Executive Director of the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. Today, we're heading into the world of theater with Nina Schuessler. Nina became Artistic Director at the Cape Cod Theater Company, Harwich Junior Theater, in 1996, and since has produced and or directed over 270 plays and musicals. She has been a driving force in Cape Cod theater for decades. The Arts Foundation of Cape Cod recognized Nina for her lifetime achievement in the arts and for her commitment to inspiring people of all ages to discover and nurture their love for the performing arts. In this episode, We talk about Nina's rich 26-year career in theater, the transition of leadership for our beloved Cape Cod Theater Company to Kate Pazakis, Nina's path that led her to the theater and why theater is so important for our youth today. We also talk about Nina's most recent directing project with Red Swans, a new play by Wendy Lament which was actually inspired by Nina's mother, art and the resistance during World War II in Germany. Unfortunately, this podcast will be released after the run of Red Swans, but I'm sure it won't be the last opportunity to see it. Please enjoy this conversation with the charming and passionate Nina Schuessler.
0: Thank you, Julie. Yes, time certainly does fly. It does fly. I remember meeting you,
1: you know, a little over six years ago now when I started at the Arts Foundation. And I remember saying something to you like, um, I've been at the Arts Foundation nine months and you said, that's as long as it is to have a baby. You could have had a baby by now. (laughs) And I remember being like, that is so funny because I had, you know, at the time, young children. And now, you know, six and a half years later, more than six and a half years later,
0: here we are. So what's going on in your world? Well, um, I just retired on March 31st, and we have a brand new producing artistic director, Kate Pazakis, who joined Cape Cod Theater Company, Harwich Junior Theater. And I'm, I'm so proud and happy about that because Kate grew up on the Cape, and she um, actually grew up at our theater. And she was an amazing talent, one of my students, and just the kindest, most wonderful person. And so I could tell back then, you know, which is probably over 20 years ago. I mean, probably 25 years ago when I was doing more of the teaching side of things that she was going to go far. And she went on to New York to school in New York and became a professional actress and, and singer. And, um, and then she moved out to LA and ran the Rockwell stage. And now she moved back to the Cape with her husband and two young children. And she applied for the job and, and she got it. So Mm. it feels like you know, a life cycle. It feels full circle to me. It's mm. very comfortable. Mm. And I'm really proud of her and, and happy um, mm. that she's going to be running the theater and I just get to direct plays every now <laughs> and then and and maybe teach a class or, or maybe even act again if I can remember lines. I mean, part <laughs> of it is, is decompressing, you know, because... It's such a juggle to run an organization. As you know, you're always working on a deadline. Mm -hmm. You're always trying to have everybody come together in the most collaborative and nurturing way. And then when you add the whole multi generational component and educational component, and also you're trying to meet mission with commercial demands, it's a lot to think about. and then with the whole social media uh, thing that happened, I mean, when I was when I first started the job, we had a fax machine, and I think I had my <laughs> brother word processor, and I would type something up on a, on a word processor press release, and then I would fax it out to like twenty five or you know thirty five outlets you know and you the arts foundation would probably get one of those faxes too and <laughs> and then you know today you know everything changed and you would think that the internet would make things easier in some ways it has but it also made it that now you have to go to every site and upload mm. so just you know having everybody on on our team doing what they have to do to get the word out Mm -hmm. and then you know theater is under a lot of stress especially with the pandemic um Mm -hmm. I have a wonderful board who really helped us get through it but you know we were constantly constantly pivoting Mm -hmm. you know from virtual programming You know, we had these cabaret nights that were online, and I was teaching online. Tammy had classes online, and Tamara Harper, who's our director of education, she just did an amazing job, her and Matt. You know, they kept, as soon as we were able to come back into the theater and have classes with masks and everything, they were able to do that. And... You know, so we lost a whole season, mm-hmm. basically, inside the theater. And, um, you know, thankfully, we were able to recover,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
0: Um, mm-hmm. But it was a lot of a lot of support from our community and from our alum and from the federal government, <laughs> which was very welcome. Um, yeah. So it, it's all that, you it's know. It's all
1: that. Um, yeah, I want to dig deeper into some of those areas, of, you know, during the pandemic and things that you've learned along the way um, that kind of came into action, you know, during the past couple of years. I think we've all been super challenged uh, professionally and personally, but I want to know a little bit more about you. Like, where did you grow up and did you grow up in a house of creativity. where you, you know, tell us a little bit about where you're from, Nina. And
0: Thanks. <laughs> I grew up in Brockton, Massachusetts. Um, my f- parents, I'm first generation American. My father was born in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. He came here um, when he was 11 in like 1921 or 22 from the pogroms in... Uh, Polonoi in the Ukraine, which is near Lviv, actually. Um, his mother was born in Kiev, And so he came here when he was about 11 years old. And then um, when, and he grew up, went to BU, started the coop in Boston, in, in Copley Square, a student bookstore. And then when uh, World War II started, um, he became a he, he entered the service and he became a camp Ritchie boy because he could still speak uh, Russian and Ukrainian. So he he ended up going becoming one of the first soldiers in Berlin, and um, where he met my mother, who had grown up in Berlin and was an art student at the Kunstakademy. and she was also a resistor with the group now, now known as the Red Orchestra. Um, and her whole circle, um, other than one or two people um, within her circle, were arrested and uh, murdered, executed by the Gestapo. But she and Kacimorovsky, who was also an artist, um, became quite famous, actually. Um, she was one of the Ibiza 59 artists. She, my mother ended up marrying my dad a soldier and um and moved to with him back to Brockton after after the war. So my mom was a was a fine artist and um she actually, you know, became an art therapist and occupational therapist and worked at the VA hospital in Brockton. So, you know, I grew up with lots of paintings and clay and sculpture. Um you know, my mother was pretty bohemian, so she loved music. And um, you know, I was lucky; they took me to see the Beatles when I was twelve at Suffolk <laughs> Downs. You know, so they really, you know, they were they were they were really exciting and fun people. And um, but I didn't do theater until I was in college. And on a dare, I um, auditioned for the Trojan Women. And I got the role of Hecuba, which was like, it was crazy because I'd never done anything. <laughs> and it was like something just happened. And I mean, I loved going to theater, but I never thought I could actually do it, you know. Right. And I did it, and it, it was a, a big success for me. And I guess the bug bit. And from there, I just kept doing as much theater as I could then I met my husband, moved to the Cape and, you know, worked in theater here on the Cape for, for years. But basically my uh, degree was in psychology and with a minor in theater. So, um, so then I just was an actor and then I was trained to teach creative drama by Gretchen Burley and Betty Bope, And... I just started working all over the Cape from the Conservatory to the Academy of Performing Arts. Did a lot of acting at What in the early years and directed at the Academy and a little bit at What and, um, you know, Chatham Drama Guild, Harwich Junior Theater, um, Cape Rap, and, you know, just had this marvelous opportunity to apply for. Uh, the artistic director job at Harwich Junior Theater um, in 1996, and that was right at the time Betty Bulb, our founder, who was a visionary. I mean, she was the dean of drama education at Wheelock College, but she was just an amazing... Uh, she had an amazing vision that when children... And adults did theater together. That you know, the potential for creativity was just beyond boundless. And I agree with that. And I guess Betty saw something in me. And um, when the job became uh, available, um, she really supported my getting the position. So, but when I started. As the producing artistic director, I was basically an actor, director, teacher. (laughs) I knew nothing about, you know, management, um, but I guess my degree in psychology might have helped me a little bit. Oh, I bet. So so (laughs) it just has grown from there, you know, and the theater grew, um... You know there were there were great years. There were bumpy years. There was the recession. There was you know glorious times. Um, there was the being able to do new plays. You know from local playwrights, which we just did one, the Sherlock problem by Susan Luminello. Um, to um, now we're doing a play about my mother's story. I'm directing it called the Red Swans, and by Wendy Lament who did a lot of research and interviews with me. And um, so, but there were also, there's also been the struggle of meeting commercial success with multi-generational actors, some professionals, some starting out, which there's a real beauty to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and having enough m- fundraising and money to keep it all happening. And, you know, we've been... We've been lucky, but now I think it's really the right time, you know, for the transition. Mm. Because you you can just feel it. When you get to be my age, you can feel it in your bones that, you know, the, whole, the world has changed a lot. And just in terms of uh, media and um, how things get presented, I think that... You know, and and what people are wanting to come see or hear, you know, all that's changed. And you know, we we have an interesting community because we have a lot of elders, and then we have families. And um, the beauty of our theater, I think, is that we've always really tried to keep to keep our tuition for classes accessible, but also our ticket prices. Um, but then there's the challenge of working with equity, um, actors' equity. You usually, have a couple of actors who are union, who are mentors, teaching artists, um, and also the just the whole paying royalties, paying for production design. Which I had a, you know, I was very strong about design. I really believe in design, and I believe in. Um, I really wanted to make sure that our theater always, you know, paid our designers um, both uh, costume, set lighting, uh, sound, um, you know, and that we had enough money for interns and apprentices. So, you know, when you start adding everything up, it's a challenge. And, you know, 71 years later you know the theater <laughs> still exists <laughs> which I'm really happy about but I think like uh, I'm I'm happy that's that Kate is, has stepped up to the plate and that I'm able to hold hand her the reins because I do think she has all the qualities that are needed to to bring it forward to bring theater into the rest of the century really yeah um, because she's she's super talented. She's, you know, I said to the board when they when they asked me like what I thought, and I said, well, you know, if if you can't put on a play, you could always have Kate put a piano on stage and have her sing because she would <laughs> bring the house down. I mean, she's backed up people like Kristen Chenoweth, and you know, she's a she's had a, a huge career in musical theater, so. So you're leaving it in good hands. I think so. feel good about it. Yeah, I feel really good about it. And I feel like, you know, the time is absolutely right.
1: Yeah. Do you think, um, I mean, looking over your amazing 26 years with Howard's Junior Theater, Cape Cod Theater Company, um, my family has experienced uh, the theater, the stage there. It's a very special place. I saw my kids really blossom and they continue to, you know attend different things and there's something there for everyone. And when you look back on like the 26 years, what what are some of the things that you, I don't know, any mind-blowing, like memorable, you know, moments with a student or, you know, why why theater is so important.
0: Well, yeah, our alumni are amazing. They are, yeah. I mean, like I think of Ethan Polini, who's now the artistic director of Weathervane Theater in New York and the associate of um, another theater in New-, in New York City. The Weathervane's actually in upstate New Hampshire, but he runs that. And that's a age-old, you know, summer theater. Um, we have, like, Erin Mahoney, who grew up in our theater both as an actor and a, and a technician, and she's a stage manager on Broadway. She was, you know, company management for Hamilton and Network and the Tina Show. It's um, Same with Ryan Rudowitz. There's Seth Doan, who is on CBS, Um, you know, he's the correspondent from Rome. I mean, there's, um, there's so many, well, there's Kate Pazakis, but Jim Byrne, who is, you know, he works all the way from New Orleans to LA, you know, back with us. Um, you know, we have so, um, I guess there's Jay Harrington, who's starring in SWAT on TV, um, there's Allison Mahoney, who's the singing baker, who has a, <laughs> you know, Broadway cabaret career. You know, there's just so many of our alum. But beyond that, what I think the theater does for young people is it teaches them um, a sense of uh, collaboration, teamwork, um, citizenship, humanity, mm. um, empathy. It teaches empathy. And... And I think that's why it's so wonderful to see a theater, you know, start with the creative drama process. And that also teaches technical theater because not every child wants to be on stage. You know, some of them want to be part of the experience. But, you know, we treat our technical theater students with the same kind of adoration as we do teach our drama students or our musical theater students so it's really important to teach a respect for all the different elements that happen in a theater whether it's a box office intern or you know somebody hanging up posters there's there's not one person you know child or adult who is more valuable or more important I think that's Mm -hmm. what a, a theater like ours does I mean But there's the challenge of keeping a safe and nurturing space. When I started, um, it was like, you know, it was like a clubhouse where kids would come in, run out, go out to friendlies at the corner. And then it's like, wait a second, you know, we can't do that. We have to make sure that because it was a different age almost like now it's like. You know, you have to stay on the deck with uh, an adult. You can't leave the property unless you have a signed note. You can't get in a car with another teenager. You know, there's right. a lot more rules today than there was, you know, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Um, there's, you know, we Cory check everybody. And now to be in a show, you have to have a vaccination certificate <laughs> and... You know, so there's so much more administrative pressure on um, keeping track of all of the paperwork, and making sure that you know when you have adults and children working together that there's nothing untoward happening, that it's mm-hmm. all really proper, and that also kids learn the golden rule, which is treat others the way you want to be treated, or but actually treat others the way they want to be treated, mm. you know. So there's both of those concepts. Um, and it's a foundation for the theater, I think, you know. And, and, and I think that's the beauty of all theater, really, is that mm. it teaches that sort of collaboration and, um,
1: and... Independence.
0: Independence, right. That's the biggest thing
1: I saw with our experience with my daughter when she was eight. Did I tell you to leave? You told me to leave. (laughs) I was like, tell Nina that I'll volunteer. And she would get in the car and she'd be like, no, they're all set. (laughs) And I was like, but, and she was like, no, they're all set. And later through the process, and she went to every rehearsal, she was very dedicated as baby spider number two or three. I can't remember. She was either one or, she was either two or three.
0: (laughs) We're doing Charlotte's Web again this year. She could probably move up into Fern or something.
1: (laughs) I'll tell her. Anyway, so I had been kind of trying to ease in to see because I was like, can she handle this? She's eight. And the parents at the end of the season, you know, end of the show, they complimented me that she was so independent that she would come in and get her stuff together. She never lost things. And I was like, are you sure we're talking about the same child? Yeah. But the whole thing of like trusting that she could do it. She only needed to be shown once. And then she would come home and she would practice the dance and the swinging of, like, the, yeah. the jump rope and stuff. It, it was a child we had never seen before.
0: That's so beautiful. Well, you know, Betty said, you know, the founder of the theater, Betty Bob. she said, you know, if you have high expectations, children just, ab- you know, will live up to it. And, Absolutely. um you know, and, and the one thing about, you know, I think it's so important to see, and I said this in my last board meeting, is, you know, children are completely developed human beings at the age they are. Then, you know, it's like nothing is really missing. And mm-hmm. honestly, children see everything. Mm-hmm. They they can't always put words to it, but they notice body language. They pick up vibes. They know they know things. Um, and you know, that's what's so beautiful about. Teaching creative drama is, you know, when you get feedback and you put on a scene, and you say, what's happening there? And they're able to say, you know, what the obstacle was or, or, or what, um, what that character was really feeling just by, you know, the tilt of their head or, you know, how they were holding their arms. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing how much, you know, and you give them the opportunity to give voice to that. To what they know, and you respond with, you know, re- reinforcement. They feel so empowered because you're telling them that you appreciate what they know already, mm-hmm. and that just helps them go even further. Oh, that's you know? so true. It's really beautiful. It's it a is. it's a beautiful process. Yeah. Um, so oh,
1: I love that. I'm just like reliving the times when my both my kids were you know, in your program. And it's so true that, that um, you know, I remember sitting and Larson was um, auditioning. And I couldn't, really, I was like, this is a real audition. And I was so nervous for her. I was ready yes, to vomit. Really. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, and she gets in the car and she's, she's like, I think I did really good, you know. And um, it was just this magical opportunity for her to stand out on her own test her edges right like she really like
0: right it That's was beyond funny.
1: her comfort zone and she loved it
0: and that's why you know when parents bring their kids to the first rehearsal, we all often say you can leave now. And yes, I remember <laughs> my board president Chris Powicki said, "Nina, you really scared us when we brought Charlie because you told us just to leave." And I said, "Well, it's because if you're in the room, they're going to be looking at you rather right. than at the director, you know. So, yeah. exactly.
1: you know, or the
0: teacher, you know. So we need them to focus on each We're other." Like a and us. Yes. We're like handicap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I would that bump situation. her. Yeah. I'd be like, "Pay attention! Are you listening? Are you <laughs> yeah. listening?" And she was like,
1: "Will you please?" And when I left, she did much better.
0: Yeah, you know? it, but it it's it's a growing thing, you know. It's like how they learn to be, you know, uh, by themselves with other people and how to handle it. You know, right, it's really
1: and being present. Yeah. Right? being, being present. present. So tell me. About you know the past couple of years, like what has it been like for theater? I mean, we touched a little bit. Of, it's of, it's been challenging, it's especially been, for theater.
0: It's been challenging, um, but also beautiful at the same time because you know you value what you what you're missing oftentimes, uh, and you, you're you know in a way, I guess the pause um, you know informed us in, in a way of you know, what we can do and how to do it better. But I think, um, you know, like when when the pandemic hit, we were just about to put on the new Alice, the new musical. And, you know, we had it all cast. It was all directed. Brittany Rolfs, a wonderful director, actor, you know, directed it. And it was a new musical. And then all of a, a sudden, you know, we had to call it and say, you know, it's not going to happen. But I said to everybody, and especially Alice, who was heartbroken. She was like 12 at the time. And I said, don't worry. You know, they'll get this together, and it'll probably be the first show of the summer season, like three months away. Well, no, it wasn't. When we finally could put something back on again, we got an amazing grant from uh, the Bilzeekian Family Foundation Mm. to build an outdoor stage so we had sleeping beauty the boxcar children peter rabbit and me outside and but we couldn't do musicals cuz the town wouldn't let us have amplified sound town of harwich they gave us permission to build the outdoor stage but not have microphones amplification cuz we're in a residential area so then we did secret garden inside and then come christmas this past christmas i said well you know let's get alice back we put it on it ran six performances the first weekend two people in the cast were had were covid positive we had to cancel opening weekend i had it working with equity i had to go through all the rules we had everybody tested they could come back the second weekend the third weekend uh, and then the last weekend it was i had extended it somebody else had then it was the omicron wave oh so we had a so we had six performances of this beautiful musical um, uh. and we were doing really well um, we had limited seating everybody masked social distancing you know it's just it was just really weird and then recently we just did uh, we had magic shows and then we just closed the Sherlock problem which is a new play that I directed that did quite well that closed yesterday with Susan Luminello, who's a local playwright. She lives in Centerville. Really witty play. And now I'm directing The Red Swans yeah, about
1: tell us about that. I'm it's
0: thinking. a it's my mother's story
1: yeah.
0: um, with her best friend Katja, who were, you know, as I said before, students at the Kunst Academy in Berlin. And uh Kato Bonches von Bake. Who was eventually executed, um, uh, brought them into this resistance circle called the Rhoda or the Red Orchestra, and so um, you know my mother worked for Cateau in her ceramic studio. It was Jan Bonches von Bake, who was a very famous ceramicist, very renowned in Berlin at the time, and Cateau was a resistor and. Kato um, and Heinstrello got arrested, and then my mother and Katja left Berlin and um, went to a farm in Poland where Katja's mother was in hiding. And um, so it's their story and what they did during that time. But it was basically it's basically a story of art and resistance, hope and survival. And when I interviewed Katja, um, who had like a – she died in 2012. But I started going to Berlin in 2007 um, after my mom had died to spend time with Katja. Because my mom wouldn't really talk too much about everything. Like she'd start talking and then would have to stop. And so then – but Katja had like – she was four years older than my mother. And she had like a photographic memory. And she remembered everything. So she told me all the stories. Um, like my mother and her, you know, both did leafleting. And my mom, um, they hid Jews in their studio, in their apartment. Um, my mother also um, worked with Strello and took microfiche to the Russian lines. The Russians at that point were allies with the Americans. So... You know, it's a big story, and um, but it's also one that's being repeated now in it's the timely. Ukraine. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. close. I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost weird uh, mm-hmm. that we're doing this play at this time. We had planned it a year ago. Yeah. Um, so you know that life, you know, it's a mirror. I mean, it's there's so many similarities to what's happening. Um, yeah in the Ukraine, and, um, you know, I can't help but think of that my father had to leave when he was 11, and my mother had to, you know, she ended up in, at the end of the war, she ended up in Buchenwald, but um, she was able to survive, her brother, too, and her mother did survive, but a lot, a lot of people were killed, of course, you know, a lot of family members, so it's that story of, I guess, survival. Yeah. You know, how, to, how to, how to, you know, and it also begs the question of what would you do in that situation? Mm. You know, so. Uh, when can we see it? It opens April 29th. Soon. And um, it goes till May 15th. It's only on three weekends. And Brittany Rolfe, starring as my mother, Lisa... And Leanne McLaughlin is Katja, and it's a wonderful cast. Um, Emily N. Whistle is Kato. Um, but, you know, there are books about it, about it, um, and, you know, so hopefully there'll be some good conversations. You know, mm. we'll have some post-show mm. discussions and that sort of thing. And we were just invited, um, the playwright, Wendy Lament, and I were invited to the international um federation of public history conference in berlin germany so we're gonna go the end of august to be part of that conference with this story about about the red swans
1: amazing yeah what a great transition into
0: i know retirement (laughs) it kind of is not really retiring (laughs) it's just retiring from all the Administ- Other stuff. The administrative stuff. Just trying stuff. to get back into just the creative aspects of theater, which is where I was initially, you know. Yeah, and did you
1: find when you were working, you know, it? did you find that it was hard to kind of get that creative energy out as a, you know, or did you always seem to be able to, like, take workshops, take, you know.
0: Well, I... I usually directed and, you know, I would teach every now and then, maybe act in a play every year or two. But um, it is hard because the demands that you must feel of running something and having your eyes and ears everywhere is, I mean, if I took all of the webinars that were offered that would probably – i would just be doing webinars all exactly day. i mean yeah. there's so much out there yeah. um that's wonderful but it's it's you know it's just a lot of juggle there's so many moving parts as you must know running the arts foundation <laughs> I mean, you have all these it's like i just had one company but you have <laughs> like all these companies that an artist an individual artist they you've got to... Have knowledge of, and I don't know how you do it.
1: <laughs> we try. We try really hard, and I have a good staff, which so is really good,
0: and a good strong board, team, right.
1: a good board, and everybody is so committed to the to the community, to the creative economy, and the community, and making things better, and really learning from the past couple of years and what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. Um, so it's been. It's been a really interesting time. The reason why I ask you if you were able to find those outlets, you know, during during your tenure, it's like, you know, I've had these questions of, you know, where, what do you do for fun? Where do you, you know,
0: what do you, what do you I know, I had the, I'm always like, ah, don't ask me that yeah, I, know. <laughs> I work like, all the time. I used to like taking yoga and, yeah. you know, I hope to get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tamara and I, I I love riding horses, Um, so Tamara and I went...
1: You have your cowgirl Yeah, we went to the White
0: Stallion Ranch last November in Arizona. I rode horses for a week, and that was a whole thing because (sighs) I hadn't ridden in years, you know, and when I was a kid, I rode all the time. So that was something I rediscovered. Um, Mm. You know, reading books Mm. and novels instead of plays is a big deal. <laughs> and like i became like really into Netflix too and yes. Amazon Prime, you know, so <laughs> yes, you know, I and like people asked me, and they said, Well Nina, you know, you don't look like you're seventy. And I no, said you don't. it's because I haven't been in the sun in thirty <laughs> years. You know, I don't don't go You've in, been the in the sun. <laughs> I've been in the I have theater pallor. So you know but I just feel lucky to be where I am in my life and yeah you know, that I've you know, lived this long and hopefully I have some great years ahead. I have two beautiful oh, granddaughters. I actually have I have two granddaughters, seven great nieces, and one great nephew. So like the girls in my family are taking over, which I'm really happy about because (laughs) I grew up with two older brothers and, you know, to me it's payback.
1: I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, we have been such a lucky community to have you in it and to do all the amazing things over the past 26 years. Thank you, Julie. And I'm glad that you're still part of this community creating, you know, being the creator, making, making these plays and telling your story. I just, it's unbelievable how timely it is. Yeah.
0: I'm lucky that the board encouraged it and Kate really wanted to do it. And, yeah, you know, I just think of, you know, so many years like Julie Harris was a great friend, a big supporter of the theater and, you know, so many Elders who were really my mentors, Jan Dennison, Betty Bope you know, mm. Jane and Jane Staub and Sue Kossoff. There's so many amazing people who mm. have inspired me and helped me along the way, you know, but especially the younger people, you know, because mm. they've been, you know, you learn so much by watching.
1: Absolutely. Oh, one last, I'll ask you one last question. What would you give... Your, you know, younger self when you started at HJT. What kind of advice would you give looking back? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it'd put you on the spot. It's such a heavy question, isn't it? It, it?
0: Well, in a way, you know, stick to your guns, your integrity, and and your passion, and 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 speak your truth.
1: podcast is a collaboration between the arts foundation of cape cod and the cultural center of cape cod in south yarmouth hosted by arts foundation's executive director julie wake and produced and edited by julian Loida at the cultural center the series is an ode to the artistic process and its unique manifestation on cape cod and beyond thanks for listening